at a certain point ai will know exactly what you like better than yourself it will create content that is infinitely more interesting than anything else out there it's because gonna be it's perfectly curated you. for you yeah this is an alarming thing it's fun to look at and play around with but if you look at it like it's direct consequences on our surroundings and our society it, this is a horrifying development why the fuck are we still moving why was it ever released Hello, everyone. This is Levon, and welcome to another episode of Radius of Reason. I'm here with my co-host, Andre. Today, on episode 19, we're discussing the topic of artificial intelligence and how it's shaping our world. Join us as we explore the intricacies and implications of AI technology. Wow. That was pretty good. <laughs> that intro was written by ChatGPT and voiced by a text-to-speech AI uh, by Eleven Labs. Not a single person was involved in that except from the asshole who typed it in and then created a prompt. Yes. Uh, and, you know, if you want to shit on me, I actually got <laughs> ChatGPT to shit on you or just at least make a nice little joke. Oh, God. Let's, let, let's, let's check it out. Let's yeah? do it. Let's do it. Okay. Why did Andre always bring vodka to their podcast recordings? Oh, boy. It's got to do the, the vodka stuff, right? Like, what else is going to do about Russians? Because he wanted to make sure the discussions about philosophy and politics never got too sober. So That's pretty... I mean, it's not awful. It's not bad. It, it's, I'd say it's like generic-grade American humor. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it could be worse. And actually... I mean, I, I prompted it several times before I got something decent. <laughs> there, there, were, there were some really bad uh, dad joke level stuff in there. Well, so. uh, which just implies that... Uh, all dad jokes are just like really shitty social programming that we've like pulled from the ether. Yeah. yeah I mean, we're social programming. I mean, biological programming, biological machines. We are, we are in fact, AI AIs. So I think it, all that was kind of interesting because what we pulled two to three forms of AI to produce all that. I think two, we had an AI that generated the text. Then we had an AI that, recorded it and then we have an ai sitting right here reacting to it live um but i think we've been trying to talk about ai on the show since we started about a year ago yes i mean this has been something that's kind of been happening behind the scenes and we always said hey we talk about it we talk about it but other things kind of uh took hold and then i'd say in the past like three months Everybody's talking about AI, right? Everybody's talking about uh, Dolly. Everybody's talking about ChatGPT. Well, people aren't, they're not even just talking about it. Uh, people are using it. I mean, yeah. we both have coworkers right. that are using it. In fact, uh, in, in a recent meeting at my job, you know, I found out like I'm one of the few people not using <laughs> ChatGPT. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of uh, seeing the progression at an exponential level. But but as you were saying, you know, ChatGPT, yeah. Dolly, MidJourney. Yeah, and I'd say all of these kind of dropped within a month or two of November 2022. And it really seems like we're living through right now what is kind of the mass popular deployment of AI platforms to a certain extent, where... Like you said, people, it's not just like, oh, here's a cool video on YouTube that was generated by an AI. People are actually able to sit down and produce their own pieces of work with these AI tools. And I think that is a pretty unprecedented thing where 
it's kind of been delivered to the masses. And I think it raises a lot of really curious points, some alarming, but it's definitely, I think, the point we're going to look back on. And I honestly think November 2022 is going to be a date that we look back on and be like, yes, this is in fact when all this bullshit kicked off. Well, well speaking of alarming, let's look at some alarming uh, examples of, of AI-generated content. So we, obviously, we've already shared yeah. a few pieces of that, but... Um, you created these next few items with... No, I did not create them. Okay. These are pulled the... off of uh, Twitter, but the users were creating them with MidJourney AI, uh, which is one of the like the bigger image generating tools. Yes. Now, what's really kind of crazy about these, as you'll see in a second, initially, text-to-image generators, I think Dolly kind of really became a big deal on the internet maybe last spring. It was obviously quirky and funny, but you couldn't really generate convincing people, right? It was still like blatantly obvious when something was AI generated. With Midjourney now, you can tweak the text prompt to the point where you're actually creating fairly realistic, I'd say almost, like almost entirely convincing uh, photos of people. So yeah, this is a series. Um, the, the first couple are from an AI generated party that was happening, I think in like New York city. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's down, to th it's down <laughs> to things like, you know, the, the sweat on somebody's face or, um, maybe just like the general facial expressions, which kind of mm. connotates like an ambient TikTok. The, the face, light you know? from the camera, the from the camera. um, God, it's, it's pretty astonishing. Right. Um, Moving on to the next one. What what is this? Uh, this is a bunch of uh, dude bros having a good time. <laughs> you know, sometimes you hang out with your boys and you just drink out of different colored small cups. Um, and like, this it looks one, like triplets, man. They yeah, like I mean, but this one's a little bit more like dicey, right? You can tell something's off. First of all, the fingers are all weird. Mm, yes. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, everybody kind of looks the same. I, although I will say, God, those fingers are terrifying. It, it kind actually. of took the generic, and I'm like, <laughs> you know preaching to the choir it took like a generic male haircut from 2022 um but yeah again this wasn't really something possible in the hey, some of us are just happy to have hair at all uh, you know so. bless bless hashtag bless um but yeah yeah no it's nonetheless it's it's still quite uh impressive uh now the next one next one yeah this is crazy this is a twitter user um he generated so th this is also AI generated. Th th these, I mean, th they look creepy as hell. I'm not going to lie. I like em emptying the eyes. But a Twitter user was kind of making a point that eventually, quite soon, he he's essentially going to be able to make an OnlyFans page using AI generated models. And to prove his point, he used some of the other tools out there. It was a combination of a couple, I think, for this image in particular. But he essentially produced an entire series of images of women that he crafted in the, like the AI text prompt dressed in like lingerie and scantily clad. That, that's actually really interesting. I mean, does this guy understand, though, who said that? Like, OK, he's going to create an AI only only fans page. Yeah. The problem is once those tools tools are available, other people will be able to create the same content just basically through the tools and exactly. wouldn't subscribe to a stupid OnlyFans. Well, I mean it's a bit self-defeating once you get to that point. Self-defeating. But until then he could make millions. But the first couple of months <laughs> yeah. with this are gonna be absolutely crazy yeah. when you know maybe it's a little bit more difficult to generate like 
photorealistic like women, high quality but yeah. also yeah of like a of a, of a consistent quality mm-hmm. too right yeah and then all of a sudden yeah you have people like simping over entities that don't really exist right yeah and, and i mean even two months of that might be sufficient to guarantee that guy's retirement right exactly right. so yeah no that's it's i mean this is like unbelievable quality um, these, these, this next one yeah. here is a, a, a kind of a logo sample logo of radius of reason. And this is a really good point too. Like we paid money to have something designed. We paid a hundred dollars for a logo that this AI has outdone in, in seconds, like 30 seconds. And <laughs> I paid like 10 bucks to get access to mid journey. Right. And you can kind of tweak it based off of whatever prompts you want. This is just, I threw together a text prompt in like a couple of like seconds. Um, I mean, this is something that you would likely have expected somebody to take some time to produce as early oh, yes. as like a year ago, right? And now all of a sudden you can sign into this app, throw in a couple words, and boom, you have a podcast logo. Pretty impressive. The next one, again, a little zanier. Also, again, podcast logo prompt generated in, I think, 30 seconds. That's $100 we paid for I've noticed this in some of the content generated by uh, Midjourney, but some of like the fractal-looking yeah. pieces, like are, are like a, you know, they're kind of a, a tell yeah. that it was AI generated. Yeah, and, and Midjourney is interesting because I think with the photos that we just showed uh, of like the college kids at a party in New York, it, it's pretty telling again, like when the hands start coming into the picture, mm-hmm. because like for some reason the AI just can't get like fingers right, but. With the first two girls that we showed, you couldn't like it's just their torsos, and I mean it looks convincing. And quite honestly, if that came up on somebody's like Instagram or Facebook page, I just think it's like a couple of their friends hanging out. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there's definitely some tells. And what's important though is that Mid Journey has only been public since November, and it's already like convincing enough that with a little bit more time and tweaking like it's just going to be almost flawless yes no that's uh, the truly terrifying thing is this is the we're at the baby stages of ai yes um and well let's not get ahead of ourselves We're, we're gonna really dissect this but um before we do that we would like to encourage everybody to subscribe hit the like button comment something stupid tweet at us tweet even at radius underscore reason follow us on all the podcast platforms out we're there we're there we're out here we are 100 percent not ai generated we don't have ads we don't do ads this is 100 percent self-funded yes uh, <laughs> <laughs> so do do go ahead and uh, hit that subscribe button help us out okay uh moving on i guess before we re really wheelie 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 like uh, Ben Remix. Stiller. Oh, Ben! I, I am a Ben Stiller clone AI. Algorithms, fucking yes. Up, man. Um, let's define some terms. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. we've got AI, which when we de- when we use this term, we're going to refer to it uh, generally for artificial intelligence right. as a whole. Um, now, sometimes it could be used to refer to more na- narrow AI, like you know something like Midjourney and mm-hmm. Dolly mm-hmm. are narrow AIs in that their only function is to you know create graphics based on a spread butter yeah Mm -hmm. um but it could refer to agi as well agi being artificial general intelligence which is you know an intelligence that's capable of basically doing learning and doing any task right 
Um, so it's kind of almost removing the human inserting a text prompt into the equation. It allows the AI to essentially know exactly what function is trying to achieve and being able to get better at that function as it moves along without direct input. Yes, from, from it, it essentially, you know, it have its own agency yeah. to, Whoa, to a sense. Uh, no, though it, it, not to be conflated with having sentience, right? You could have something that appears to have agency, that appears to be completely human-like in terms of its ability to understand and do things, mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean it's self-aware. Right. Uh, but it could be, but yeah. it could be self-aware too. So there, there's some nuance in, in what AGI could actually encompass. Right. Um, and then, you know, you get to a term like singularity, <laughs> which is this hypothetical future point in time where we've had a runaway superintelligence and we're either living in a tech utopia or a tech dystopia. Regardless, we're probably still a little bit far off from it. And I, I think with how prevalent things like Midjourney and ChatGTP have been in the past few months, it is still like quite a ways away from singularity. But we'll talk about that. In, in a little bit no no but let's talk about it now oh. how, how far are we from like agi well i i, I think this is <laughs> this is like the the million dollar question right and i think it's very easy to fall into a trap seeing very sophisticated images of only fans models coming up it's very easy to think that oh my gosh this is it like we are there i, I think my personal opinion and then i'll talk a little bit about the research but i think that we are quite a ways away from reaching any sort of sentience within the AI. I think right now, all these very impressive tools... Speak, speak to me in, in more concrete terms. In terms of years, when you're saying far away, are you referring to 10 years, 50 years, 100 years? So I, I think that consensus in research around this, like when you have computer scientists like MIT putting out papers, they're talking about towards the end of the century. Uh, where End we, of the century. Where we not not for sentience, but when we hit a level of generalized intelligence. Okay. So 2075 is kind of the the date that's thrown around a lot, and that's at a point where AI will get to a state where it will be able to teach itself how to do things. It would be able to operate with a level of autonomy um, in an effective manner. Right. The problem with that prediction is that that prediction's been made consistently for like decades. Um, there's the, the biggest one that came out of Oxford University in 2013 was saying that AI will get sophisticated enough to start essentially like eliminating entire job markets by like 2040. And we're not there yet in terms of the time frame, but clearly the technology isn't anywhere where it needs to be right now to start like pricing out significant segments of the workforce. But And Oxford actually has come out and they've amended their original prediction. And even before that is like maybe the the scientific romanticism of like the 1970s. People were talking about like with the Turing machines, right? The, the, the very elementary sort of quote unquote artificial intelligence that was used during World War II to crack uh, German military codes. People were pointing to that in the 70s being that like, well, we've developed so much from that. that in fact, you know, by 2000, we're going to have like complete generalized ai or maybe like almost singularity and again prediction fell short so i think that this is like a difficult thing to nail down perfectly i think right now ai is very much at a stage of mimicry right where if you look at some of these images that are being created by um, mid journey 
you can sort of start telling they're, they're pulling from various source data points on the internet because there's a level of like commonality and like okay yeah this is this is a photo of people at a party and you can almost tell that yeah there's a couple of stock images they threw together uh, mm-hmm. with like a photo filter on there right so it's still very much at imitation and it's not anywhere near a level of sophistication where you know with um the text prompts for chat gpt for instance you made the point of like oh this is a few steps above a dad joke well, I mean, it's really kind of awkwardly trying to replicate something mm-hmm. quite sophisticated in humor, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, so I, I agree with you that um, you know AGI putting a timeline on that is is difficult, and it's not clear, you know, if it will be, you know, another fifty years or it, or, or sooner. I, I I don't know. What I've read is consistent with the fact that um, the current models with what you said. The fact that the current language learning models, which is what ChatGPT is, and mm-hmm. what the primary kind of structure of these AIs are uh, of this day, um, that these are insufficient to ever get to sort of a sentience or an even an AGI. Now they might mimic an AGI mm-hmm. to some extent. It might pass the Turing test, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the, that doesn't get us to what we're really hoping for with an AGI or a sentient. AI and and I and I think this is ultimately all we're really getting to right now is the simulation of maybe human intelligence, right? It, it's the simulation of what an AI should be. It's kind of a facade, right? Where I think with Midjourney, for instance, it almost feels like it's creating this image out of thin air, but it's not. Like all those images exist out there on the internet, and Midjourney has been taught to sort of scrape them together based on okay let me let me let me play devil's advocate for a second as as a human being though you you know are there artists you know they learn they they your your brain is like a sponge early on you suck in information Mm -hmm. from the outside world you're not your brain doesn't exist in a vacuum it's always gathering data so is it fair to criticize ai for being like well you're relying on data from humans or because to to the ai that is its external (laughs) world right yeah uh Thank you for championing AI rights. You are the true social justice warrior. Um, I think you're right. And I think it's, it's, it's not to talk shit on the AI, but I think it's to talk shit on ultimately speaking, what our business models, where it is right now very profitable and it will be profitable to simulate sentience as best as possible. And because it's impressive it generates clicks mm-hmm. and likes and and right now everything i think is based on like app downloads too where chat gpt right now from what i've read is exceeded popularity the popularity of things like tiktok right it's huge mm-hmm. everybody's talking about it. everybody's like boomer parents are even like trying to yeah, i think it stuff. has over 100 million users it, i mean it, it's insane yeah. right but i think that's part of business model too it, a couple of days ago there's a new york times article and it was talking about the fact that the reason why all these AI platforms that we've mentioned, you know, ChatGPT, Midjourney, even some of the um, speech-to-voice, uh, like deepfake accounts and stuff, mm-hmm. the reason why it seems like they're all hitting the market like right now is because somebody in Silicon Valley realized that hey, we need to start churning these things out to start justifying the very large investments that were made. So in ChatGPT, they actually weren't planning on releasing uh, what is now like the really famous app in November. 
but within weeks they got instructions to do so because they needed to show something for their investment. And there was a worry that if they didn't get in front of the the text generating platforms, they weren't the first one. Somebody else would get it. Yeah, there's the first mover advantage, which right. they've very well seized. Uh, um, now, uh, he, he, here's here's one point I want to make. I don't think we need AGI or sentient AI in any like in any capacity to completely disrupt the markets. And sure. this is yeah. and I think what ChatGPT has showed is you have something that is really again in its most primitive form, right? The most primitive like publicly available AI that is somewhat useful mm -hmm. that's ever been released, right? right? Like this is the first one. And people, like we said, are already using it at work to gain an advantage over their coworkers. <laughs> um, we know that Microsoft has, you know, invested ten billion dollars into ChatGPT. They're going to be incorporating it into their products, mm -hmm. uh, like Teams um, or Outlook too. Yeah, and 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 I think you know, I think certain jobs are, are already at a risk. Not yet, but they are at a risk in terms of they are within reach for a couple of, you know, improved models of ChatGPT, maybe in a year, maybe in two years, right. because of the way that this technology evolves, the pace at which it evolves, I think certain positions are already kind of in view of getting replaced or somehow severely impacted by people who are now using AI, you know, uh, one person doing the work of 10. Well, I think it also probably underscores that, in a white collar job market a lot of job functions are probably just bullshit and that's kind of the uncomfortable truth that a lot of these ai platforms are exposing is that in like a post-industrial economy where you're not like in a factory like welding or doing some shit largely speaking a lot of your job is fluff and that this is speaking as somebody who is a white collar worker right mm -hmm. where yeah, you can outsource a lot of these things. Now, I think, is it the apocalyptic scenario where all of a sudden we're going to see, you know, for a great example is, again, ChatGPT, there's a pretty effective demonstration of it can write code pretty well, right? And uh, to, your, to your point, I think a lot of programmers are starting to incorporate it to at least run some elementary lines of code and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I think that it's not a scenario where we're going to have ChatGPT come in and just, like, eliminate the entire pool of software developers. I think what's going to happen probably as an augmentation is it's going to serve as a resource to cut out some of the fluff that somebody like a software developer has to deal with. So they can actually focus maybe on more intellectually heavy capacities, right? Maybe thinking about like strategic planning or uh, crafting like effective designs for the software or something. Yeah, interacting with the client and, yeah. and, and what, yeah, no, no, I, I concur. Um, uh, but I'm not, I guess, so again, it goes back to the point of like, you've got one software developer, like the same five years, you've got one software developer who can now do the work of 10 yes. because he's cut out so much fluff due right. to a chat GPT version 10 right. or five or whatever is out at that point. Um, and I think that's going to be disruptive enough. Yeah. There, there was, uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but there was a report that said 85 million jobs by 2025 are at risk. That's in two years. Um, I believe it's 2025. 
correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, 2025. Um, so it, it, the, the main point I want to make is we don't need to reach an AGI or a sentient AI um, to have a lot of catastrophic issues arise when it comes to the job market, when yeah. it comes to the... the proliferation of politically disruptive content for example right uh deep fakes right like deep fakes we already point where deep fakes can be a problem we are are already at a point with the with the text-to-speech and with some of the the actual photographic uh capabilities right well and i mean we were kind of joking around before we went on air uh there was the controversial 4chan posts that that sort of proliferated through the internet somebody took a deepfake generator and essentially produced a version of emma watson reading mein Kampf. and i mean it sounded pretty convincing like is it emma watson like or is it like a vaguely british sounding posh lady like whatever but it, it generated something and then it said oh yeah this is emma watson doing it and i'm sure people somebody somewhere was like oh shit this, this could be real but really quick i wanted to loop back around regarding jobs Right. Mm-hmm. And the impact it's going to have on the workforce. I think what's really fascinating about what we're going through right now with things like chat GPT is that all of a sudden now we're directly talking about the impact AI will have on white collar roles. With blue collar in the service industry, that's almost been kind of an accepted thing. We're like, yeah, eventually, like we're going to have all of our cashiers be automated and we're not going to need people working at CVS anymore. And I remember for a brief moment during the 2016 election where Andrew Yang's campaign was very much built up on this notion of, hey, we need universal basic income because every long haul trucker is going to be out of a job Mm -hmm. within like a decade. And there was a lot of like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, hand wringing. But like the majority of like the upper middle class probably felt safe to a certain degree because AI wasn't something they they would stare at. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, I remember distinctly that I was in, I think, D.C. and I was getting a sandwich from Panera. And this was like maybe 2015 or 16. And there's already two cashiers and three checkout kiosks. So those people had to stare down AI to a certain extent every day. But the more white collar workers didn't really have to deal with it as much. But now in 2022, you have these platforms come up and all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit. Like, you know, the trope they would always say, like, oh, you're like your job is no longer viable. Like a coal miner, go learn how to code. It was kind of like a. Mm an elitist like bullshit like response to people getting upset about their like livelihoods being taken away but now it's like bitch like now the coders gotta the learn coders how gotta to find something yeah yeah um so <clears throat> again back to the point i was making at the start we're gonna look back on 2022 as like a watershed moment like when all this shit kicked off and the fact that you have um high schoolers having entire essays written on chat GPT and submitting them for uh, like assignments and the teachers don't know better right now. Right. And that again, raises so many questions around what, yes, this is going to have an impact on the workforce. What is it going to do with education? What is it going to do with academia? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's actually the next kind of core topic that we want to focus on are the dangers of AI, uh, you know, ranging from, chat gpt as it is currently to obviously down the road uh, an agi so um we have a lot of problems already in society and i think you believe that they're going to be further exacerbated yeah 
by the implementation of AI. Yeah, I don't think the incorporation of AI into our kind of day-to-day existence, I don't think it's going to cause any new problems right now. I think all of these things that... Right now. Right now, yeah. I, I can't predict whatever Blade Runner future we're going to be in in like 50 years. But let's say within the next five years, all of the problems that we're going to have with this are going to be directly linked to problems we're already dealing with. You know, w- with social media, with the veracity of information, yeah, with um, you know mass amounts of internet consumption, addiction to pornography, all these things. Well, let's look at a few of these like more closely. Sure. So, like, yeah, yeah. we already have issues with bots and fake news and content right. online generated by. Really, it's already generated somewhat by AI, but. Sure. I mean, like primitive bots are basically AI, right? Yeah, so I mean, all the fellas out there on the dating apps, they know what it's like. Swipe, swipe, you get matched. Very, very attractive person. Probably very well educated based off the profile. Oh, shit. It's a bot. I mean, that's only going to get worse. Yeah, yeah. That, that uh, just trying to filter through all this content is, you know, it, it, over time, it's going to become exponentially more difficult. You know because of the pro- proliferation of all this content. Like, It'd be a really interesting thing to do. Create a fake Tinder profile using only AI-generated gem- images of like a dude or a girl and just seeing how... I mean, it's going to work very effectively. Probably. There's no question. Maybe a future video. Yeah, we can run that experiment. <laughs> but yeah, I have no doubt in my mind that it would work more effectively than most people's actual profiles. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the other, so the other issue that I think comes with the use of technologies like ChatGPT is that they come with a sort of moral slash political bent or, uh, what is it called? Moral bloatware, which is a great term. Yeah. Bloatware is like, you know, the shitty apps that you get when you buy a new computer right? Uh, and you got, you have to go delete all of it. Um, it has a, it, you know, it tries to bias you to use certain things in the same way ChatGPT, uh, as people have tried to show online, it, it seems to have some, I think some or most would argue as a left leaning bent because of the people that Program. probably created it. Oh Jesus. But then again, the, they've ran experiments where it seems like it's kind of neutral. I don't know what the actual reality of the situation is, but if you think about it at on some level, either someone has to uh, determine kind of its basic parameters of what it's going to find acceptable and not acceptable, right? And, and we see that when you ask it certain questions. It says, no, I'm sorry, I'm, mm-hmm. I can't touch can't this topic. That, yeah. Or if it's using a data set, someone has to determine what goes into the data set. Mm-hmm. Or if it's using the entire internet, well, well there was it's, that it's whatever yeah. there's more of, it's going to have that bent. And then you might have... You might have an issue where people are trying to create more and more shit just to propagandize their view of things so that when the AI synthesizes all the information... It's going to be more likely to be... Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a horrifying possibility. And I'm I'm imagining, like, the algorithms that these AI tools operate on are, like, locked in, like, the world's safest vault somewhere because, like, Christ, that would be such a shit show if somebody cracked it and figured out how to play it a little bit. (laughs) But I mean, there was that, uh, was it Microsoft released like a chat bot about five or six years ago? And within like two days, it was just spewing like 
the most racist mm-hmm. vitriol ever. Yeah, that's the internet. I mean, but, but as far as the security goes, man, I I don't know. Um, I know the I know this is a little bit different, but like the bio labs, like level four, like top, you know, level. Um, uh, labs that are doing like the most insane research on the most deadly viruses and diseases. I mean, there's been so many reports of leaks from those and we've got something very tangible that can eradicate humanity. Are, so are you, are you saying COVID was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> COVID was a leak, man. Uh, but uh, in the same way, I don't know. Like uh, if you have an AI that's kind of, you know, where, where it's kind of base code, it, it's it's more sacred algorithms are like protected in some sort of like you know digital vault mm-hmm. what's what's to say that someone can't create another ai that is able to hack that right well right. yeah it's like the infinity loop of <laughs> scenarios but i think that um it, it it does get really dangerous i think to me with almost the ai itself Right when I first read about Mid Journey, it was over the the holidays, and I was up late one night and I saw some photos somebody generated of Home Alone Two if it took place in the Soviet Union, and I actually thought it was a real movie for a second, and I was like, oh wow, like I didn't know that was like a thing. Like, you know, the Soviets like tried their own thing in terms of like their cinema making, but I found the tool, I signed in, and for like five hours I was gone. Because you can, I mean, essentially will into existence, like, if you've had, like, a story, you like, you've been telling yourself, or, like, a fantasy as a kid of, like, a planet somewhere, you can all of a sudden generate those images in real time, which in itself is, like, a very addictive, um, like, very, very captivating process, where you can, like, realistically create things that otherwise, unless you're, like, a talented painter or, like, a sculptor, would be very hard to materialize in, in, in thin air. So the fact is, in addition to all of the very addictive things on the internet that are programmed to be addictive and, and, to, and to capture as much of your attention as possible, all of a sudden now you have these tools that you can essentially create anything you want. And that in itself well, is like an exceptionally addictive thing. Yeah, I mean, to think about how addictive social media has yeah. been and now amplify that times a bazillion. Right. Because, you know, at a certain point, AI will know exactly what you like better than yourself. It will create content that is infinitely more interesting than anything else out there. It's because gonna be it's perfectly curated for you. For you. Yeah. Um, we like the impact that's going to have on society is it cannot be underestimated. Absolutely. Like, and, and I don't think we will be able to prepare enough for this. Like, it's not even possible. Right. Well, I think we're seeing symptoms of it already with just high levels of internet usage. Um, I can't think it off the top of my head, but there's a there's a term for young men in Japan that essentially like reject society and focus exclusively on like locking themselves in their apartments and just like watching um, watching anime and like browsing the internet. Right. I think what you're describing is going to be that multiplied to like almost an infinite magnitude because if you can have a like a a, a, a a source of entertainment that is tailor made to your interests and your preferences, you're never going to want to leave that. And and in terms of like, so, so that's like, you're looking at that in terms of like content and like engaging content. And yes, that will be maxed as much as possible. But on top of that, you're going to have 
sentient level like AI friends or relationships, right? Oh gosh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then when you couple that with like virtual reality and then AI generated pornography, yeah. Um, you're talking about you're getting every need filled, you know, in your room. Right. Right. And with Uber Eats, uh, an AI generated food. <laughs> generated food. Well, AI, AI, uh, AI crafted recipes tailored to your to, to your specific needs and your dietary requirements. Uh, it, delivered by Uber Eats, um, you never have to leave your room, and you will be in terms of dopamine maxed out, uh, basically indefinitely. And I think the scary thing is with that, and we talked about this a little bit as we were preparing for the show, where we discussed this point that all of these AI tools, they're not coming from a, like a university system, or this isn't like public, publicly funded research for the betterment of humanity that's releasing tools for people to play around and explore with, right? All of these tools have money behind it. And... I think that's something that's not really spoken about enough is that this is this is like the next wave of obsessive funding hitting Silicon Valley, where there is so much obvious potential to monetize these sorts of things, to monetize individual preferences that investors are just piling onto these things. Like with many circumstances, I think right now we're seeing like a almost like a collective hyperventilation from investors to just get on top of this technology as fast as possible. And they're just dumping money into the, into companies um, that produce things like chat GPT. And this is happening simultaneously as Silicon Valley is undergoing, I think a pretty tumultuous phase. Like every week you're hearing about layoffs hitting like the major tech companies, like Apple's revenue fell by like 20%. And the question is like, what is going to be the next big thing to come out of Silicon Valley? Social media is kind of, I think it's burned a lot of people out. People are kind of pissed off at Twitter. People are pissed off at Meta slash Facebook. And now you have this new thing coming up and everybody's interested in it. And the money is just pouring in. And I think the scary thing to build off of what you were saying is that indeed, what if you can have companies crafting these entire experiences for you that are almost infinite in potential and maximizes revenue? Well, we know, and we know that's exactly what they're going to do. Exactly. We, we, we know that from their track record. We know that them hijacking our dopamine sensors right. are, are like the, the most financially lucrative thing to do. Yes. Um, so we, uh, I guess we'll have to touch on this in a little bit, but, uh, we're going to have to devise government policy in a very intelligible manner. And I think this kind of underscores the underlying theme that I think we're trying to emphasize here is the fact that every, all the problems we have today, these are going to be the same problems we're dealing with at a whole nother scale. When we start integrating artificial intelligence into the fold. And, and, you know, I, I don't want the government to treat its citizens like children, yeah. but we're going to need some fucking help. Well, we, we are going to need help. Yes. From every, not just from the government, from we, we, we collectively as a society need to figure out how to help ourselves beyond well, this government. Be like regulation in place that we have breathing room to at least think about these things. And right now, I don't know if there are any like age restrictions on things like Chad GP. I don't really recall having to like. I don't think so. Verify. Yeah. So, 
I mean, even something like, I mean, again, like I, I agree with your point about government not teaching, uh, treating its citizens like children. But I think that's a level of like, I'm not saying this is what you're saying, but there is a level of like batshit crazy libertarianism out there where it's like, yeah, we should give meth to everybody. It should be on the individual to decide. Sure. Well, yes. this will literally be like giving meth this to everyone. Will, this yeah. is actually will be the digital equivalent Probably of that. F- maybe even far yeah. worse than meth because yes. with meth, at least there's, I think, like a social stigma. Like you don't go like sure. smoke meth in like a, an office somewhere. And, and meth isn't also intrinsically tied to a tool you use every day. Right. The computer. And, and it's not tied to your right. cell phone and all right. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that without regulation in which let's kind of establish reality as it is we are if things continue as they are and with i'd say the complete lack of controls that we have over big tech in this country and the sort of veneration we have of startup culture and hustle culture and all this stuff if we continue down this path it is not going to be a good fate for anybody because it's going to be the complete shift of all of our like attention-based economies towards an ai grounded model and it's going to absolutely decimate everybody here we don't we don't stand a chance right now i mean yes and all you do you don't even have to take all of these issues combined which are you know synergistically going to be like deadly like the combination you just have to pick one so like let's just say the ai generated pornography yes the impact that could have on sex and relationships and population collapse uh alone could be just catastrophic look right i I think already mass access to streamable pornography has already altered human sexuality to a certain extent right like we don't see enough people talking about that we don't but all right let let me throw something out at you like the the notion of eating ass right (laughs) yes yes Uh, i don't think i ever heard anybody say that oh my god i'm having having a kids these days before like what 2010 or 20 no like man like when I was in high school, I think when I was like stepping into my sexuality, I don't think I ever heard anybody once reference eating ass. But now it's almost like a, it's like a meme at this point, right? And now you have to do it. Now, well, now it's like a, a standard, like you know, you get married, yeah. you have a kid, and you eat some ass. But I mean, well, you got to eat ass before you get married. You got to make sure. You got to know. It's just what I heard, yeah, man. You know, that's the, the that's profit, what I heard. The profit. <laughs> but look, all right. So we we already have examples that pornography is like shifted our sexualities to a certain extent. And to your point, if it, now you have pornography that's generated tailor-made to somebody's preferences without any um, of the nuances of having a, an actual physical relationship, things like consent or respect for a partner's preferences, or even just like the, the day-to-day norms of being in a relationship with somebody where sex isn't always like something that's offered up and you have to navigate oh fuck i gotta pay taxes with being horny at the same time that is completely gone when you have an experience that could be produced without any baggage to maximize your own pleasure and arousal yeah and uh i i i don't i don't see any solution like if we're gonna just you know stay on this topic here I don't see any solution other than just outright banning it. Like I, 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 I don't see how anything other than just an outright ban. But you know, would suffice if it's banned, you're gonna have well, some like back alley. Well, AI there's pra- well practically yeah. there's another consideration of can it actually be banned, sure. which is even scarier. Right. 
but like theoretically, if you could perfectly ban this from the government standpoint, I would say the benefits would outweigh any costs that would be associated. And I with think that. banning it as early as possible is like yes. the only way to do it. Because at some point, yeah, once the cat's out of the bag, it's out of the bag. Like once people, like if a government, if enough government officials are looking at AI-generated porn, it's going to have such an appeal that there's no way they're going to pass any laws to ban it, right? Look, and they're going to be completely captive. By but I, th- I think the cat is already out of the bag, and that's the scariest thing. And like we were joking around and laughing at this, like haha, like AI-generated OnlyFans models. But that's actually pretty fucking horrifying because already, both for men and women, there's already higher rates of like body dysmorphia right now, right? Because of Instagram and like this constant pressure to be like your absolute best game. But if you think about now, you're mm-hmm. you're not even competing with like a real human that just happens to be like at the peak of physical performance or, fo- or slightly photoshopped, yeah, like 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 the Kardashian approach, whatever. You're actually now competing with something that doesn't even real. That from its genesis is made to be perfect and tweakable based off of somebody's sexual preferences. I can't imagine what that's going to do for teenagers, right? Like, I mean, I was insecure enough as a teenage guy, but if I had to like think about like that standard to like work with or like teenage girls, right? I mean, with social media, there's been studies that higher rates of suicide amongst teenage girls, right? Because it, it, it's, you're constantly comparing yourself to almost an unreachable standard. And it's only going to get worse. And maybe this is like, I think things like mid journey, maybe speaking for personal experience, will not create explicit images. These tools that are producing these like OnlyFans models, this, these aren't like the mainstream, like big three that everybody's talking about. These, I think these are more like niche, more like mm-hmm. heavily developer focused tools where it requires a little bit more uh, finesse to produce these sorts of images. I think that's exactly where we should cap it at. Yeah. The, yes. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to become a big enough issue until it's too late. Well, as with most things, I think. right. So I, I think once the baseline level of like AI knowledge increases and you do have these smaller companies starting to really, uh, hone that technology mm-hmm. and then putting it out, you know, and people consuming this kind of pornography and then you know it becomes a recursive thing where now the money generated leads to improvement of that yeah. said technology yeah um then you're really fucked then you're really fucked because at some point that ai generated that the algorithms or the ai generating porn is going to outcompete what's publicly available for other uses because of the amount of money that'll be able to generate through porn. We know the porn industry is fucking massive. Yeah. Right? What, what is it? What's that stat? That like 90% of the internet's porn? Well, it's going to yeah. be like even more after like, I mean, like I just, yeah, I, I don't see how we contain that, but we may circle back to this topic in a little bit. Let's, let's kind of continue on this list of the dangers of AI because it is very interesting to discuss. Um, we, we've heard reports now that schools have noticed students using ChatGPT to write right. essays right, and right. cheat on exams and whatnot. <laughs> um, and now they're kind of requiring students to perform oral exams. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know why that's funny, but uh, I have grown up. I just sometimes I revert back to a like, younger yeah, self. But, whatever, uh, man. Like primal brain takes over. <laughs> oral exam. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, th- th- that's, again, like, 
that's massive. Like, what does what does AI do to the education system? Right? Well, I mean, not even just thinking about um, like K through twelve, but university systems, right? And do you remember about three years ago there was a kind of a gag that turned pretty serious where somebody submitted a bunch of like random ass white papers they like concocted for publication and they got published where like somebody was like studying rape culture in dogs and it got like approved and released i don't know if i heard of that particular one but i've heard of crazy yeah yeah but so there's clearly again to our point there is an issue with things like academic publishing as it stands now Mm -hmm. That is only going to be taken to the next level where somebody concocts absolute insanity. I mean, shit. Okay, think about it this way. The anti-vax movement is all basically grounded in like a single piece of quote-unquote academic research that was published questioning the um, or, or, or introducing the argument that vaccines may lead to autism, right? I think one I haven't read this yep. report, but from what I understand, that was largely debunked by the scientific community. But imagine if you just flood... Uh, academia with a bunch of AI generated papers to support a certain like political position Mm -hmm. where all of a sudden you're saying things like the COVID vaccine, right? Let's say in 10 years, we are in another pandemic and we require another vaccine. And then all of a sudden somebody starts pointing to all this research, quote unquote, that they've developed saying that, Oh yeah, these are, you know, PhDs based out of MIT that are saying, "Eh, you know, actually you don't need this vaccine. Now, Yes, yes. The, uh, to be fair, there will be an AI AI arms race where people will be developing AI that tries to detect right. AI-generated content. Yeah. Um, ChatGPT actually has already released a tool that allows somebody to, to kind of analyze, you know, certain text to check if it was generated by AI, but it's only 26% accurate. So the terrifying thing is the people that developed ChatGPT can only at best 26% detect its own content, right? So maybe like they have the source code. They know everything that you could possibly know about ChatGPT. Now, obviously, to some extent, these algorithms are black boxes. Yeah. But the way that they're designed. But to the extent that you can know anything about it, like they know everything. Um and 26% is all they can do? That's, that is horrifying. Because even if it was 90%, it's still horrifying. Because 10%, when you have a technology where you can basically create an infinite amount of content, it's, it's already game over. Yeah. Like 10%, 1%, right? You need like... Like, you need basically, like, almost perfect accuracy, like 99.9% or some Even shit. Even that, I, I think, again, because... It's the same principle. In principle, it's the same problem, we, right? We, ha- we have yeah. to assume that the scale of content is infinite uh, because it's constantly yeah. being generated. Yeah, so it, it's it's almost an inescapable problem, right? Uh and all it takes is, you know, like, e- even if you do get to 100%, right, then it just a year later, somebody comes up with... An AI it's, tool that and cannot it's going to be more popular because yeah, it, 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 because think about that. Then you know you have governments, you know, uh, competing against one another, trying to you know weave different propaganda into culture and society to you know for their political gain. Like it, it, it's it, it, there's always an incentive to go undetected, right? I That's think, always going to be the that, case. 
and I want to talk about that and expand a little bit on that. And I want to actually hear your thoughts on what these AI tools are going to do to politics and the implications of things like sophisticated deep fakes or, you know, really realistic image generators. What is that going to do to elections, for instance, here in the United States? Well, if history is any indicator of uh, future events, oh God. then looking at how easily fake news has been disseminated and believed by the masses, mm-hmm. we're completely fucked. I don't know if I have to go into any more detail. Like, <laughs> it's only going like, to be a harder problem. Like, it's not going to get easier. Right. The tools we have, as we just discussed, are probably not going to be sufficient. And even if they were, people still want to like, even if you had ChatGPT release a hundred percent successful tool in detecting, you know, AI generated content. And we maintain that for all the tools for video generated AI, where Joe Biden is saying X, Y, and Z. If you put that shit on Facebook, they see it once they're going to believe it. It doesn't matter if there's a correction sent out later. It's going right. to verify whatever bullshit opinion somebody already has. And I think there's like the other side of the coin to that is that now you'll be able to dismiss things as deep fakes. Like if a investigative journalist finds like footage mm. of it Joe, goes the other way. Yeah. 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 Like Joe Biden mm. at like a ceremony sacrificing a child with Donald Trump too. you know, when they all hang out, they can be like, oh, you know what? This is all deep fake. It's deep fake. And already people are using that excuse to a certain extent, right? Where, oh, they hacked my Twitter account. That's what we're, really we're going to say when people look at our podcast like 20 years oh, from yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, deep fake. <laughs> deep fake. We, we, no, we'd never say that. <laughs> Us? I mean, our political careers are basically shit. <laughs> Plus, we're immigrants from post Yeah, we never had a chance. Yeah, we never we never stood a chance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I think... I... I, I, I I honestly, I, I don't know what to say. Like, I think like we, we see this coming. Nothing's going to get done because government's slow as fuck to do anything. Um, we're just kind of like sitting ducks at the moment, you know, that's and what I, it feels like. Because I think that is very much where we're at. And that's a consequence of our politics of like the past two decades where maybe even like three decades, we are 100% beholden to money in politics. And while there is a vested financial interest to see these sorts of tools massively proliferated, there's going to be no policy that comes out to control it. We can't even pass effective policy to break up massive tech companies like Amazon. There's zero uh, impetus for it on Capitol Hill. Is, is AI the undoing of capitalism? I think AI is the natural consequence of capitalism. I don't think it's undoing. I think it's just the natural progression, because as you were talking about everything, I kept on thinking to myself, if this is objectively such a bad thing, and I don't think anybody would really disagree with us, regardless of their political orientation. This is an alarming thing. It's fun to look at and play around with. But if you look at it, like it's direct consequences on our surroundings and our society. It, this is a horrifying development. Why the fuck are we still moving? Why was it ever released? And I think the answer is really, it's just that's that rate of our capitalist economy, right? The, almost this like the infinite growth model, the infinite right? growth the, model, the, this the, like the demand of the investors to get returns, right? Like, absolutely unregulated, unrestricted, unrestrained capitalistic system that is always going to be producing these sorts of things because why the fuck not? And, and there isn't any, 
Like, uh, I don't think anybody could answer why these tools are being released, right? They're not like we talked about some of, and we'll get into that a little bit in a little bit, the utility of these tools. But it's not like ChatGTP was released specifically for the purpose of helping autistic children learn how to communicate better. That was never the explicit reason for why this was released. It was released because it could be. And that because I think it's going to make money. And that th- I think that's a very dangerous thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's terrifying to talk about this, honestly. And, um, and, and if you're enjoying our conversation, if you're enjoying our hot takes and you enjoy the fact that we are 100% organic human matter producing podcasts, hit that like button. Ding, ding, ding. Follow us on Twitter. Find us on your favorite podcast app. Make sure to subscribe. Write some stupid comment. Write some stupid comment. The AI algorithm really enjoys it. Uh, criticize our hairlines, please. Um, please. We have beautiful, beautiful hairlines. You look great. I look great. I don't know what they're talking about. Um, yes. Thank you. Okay, so now let's transition to some of the benefits that AI will bring upon society without completely dooming here. Um, (laughs) I mean, we we talked about, like, education and plagiarism and all these issues, but think about an AI and how effective it could be in the palm of your hands, on your phone, curating all the information that you would ever need to know for the specific goals that you have in your life. Um, from a young age, like it, 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 it could, it could really having a full understanding of human psychology be the perfect teacher, right? Like it's yeah. inevitable that that would be the case given, you know, AGI. Yeah. I, I think there's definitely opportunities for positive outcomes. I think we'd have to split it up into, into two categories, um, being reality of what we have right now. The circumstances we have right now, which we, we just talked about, and with potential tweaking of regulation to, to where it could be at, right? Right now, as it stands, I think the biggest benefit we get from AI is just entertainment value. Is the fact that it's kind of fun to like plug shit into Midjourney and see it produce, you know, dopey images and whatnot. I will say something that Midjourney, which has a pretty active like community across all the social channels. A really interesting consequence of Midjourney, which I would say is good and bad depending on if you're a graphic designer or not, but I've seen people finally be able to illustrate entire like storylines that they've written, right? So you have amateur comic book artists who have like an idea can now all of a sudden create an entire like graphic novel mm-hmm. using Midjourney. And it's a very controversial thing because they coined this term online of like i'm an ai artist which is i think i'm on the (laughs) other side of the issue i'm like no you're not an artist you're maybe you're a very talented writer that's able to like set scenery that mid-journey works with and it's probably gonna price out a lot of people that would otherwise make a hundred bucks on the side making a a logo for a podcast Mm -hmm. but it is allowing i think for a level of greater creative expression where somebody who's written a screenplay can now essentially illustrate all the major scenes in it well or or when they have uh ai generated video tools available which they're already working on these by the way and they're very crude right now Hmm. uh but clearly the technology will improve Mm -hmm. now i don't know if it's like 
you know, going to be an exponential improvement over the next few years because it's not, uh, you know, it's not a direct line from video gener- from from photo generation to video generation. I think they have a lot of difficult, you know, technical problems to solve, but I do think eventually they will have it. And when you can craft uh, any kind of movie that you want at will, that's perfectly tailored to your you know, to, to your upbringing, to all the interesting references in your life, to all your desires and your current psychological state of mind, like every single parameter that you can think of when you have that capability. I mean, that is like as, as terrifying as the downsides of that are and how captivating it's going to be. That's fucking amazing. Yes. Like that is mind blowing. At some point, you know, they'll have some neural link shit where, they can recall your dreams you had and then turn it into a whole full blown movie <laughs> or your nightmare or, or, or a VR experience that you can live through. I mean, even, I mean, imagine that, right? Like that level of entertainment is, is, I mean, if you had that ability now, people would pay how much money, right? Yeah, I mean, millions, millions of dollars. People would go into debt to do that because it solves all your problems. Basically. I, th- I think a huge part of entertainment is also seeking it out and finding it and the way that i'm thinking about ai now is kind of with what streaming services have done to music and movies where i think i remember when i was younger i would see a movie that i'd really like and then it'd be gone and then maybe you find the dvd of it somewhere in like hungary that you can like purchase and then it's sent to your house and you can have that movie and watch it and with streaming services, it's kind of changed the experience. I don't want to necessarily say for the worst, but it's changed the relationship that I think I have with entertainment because the feeling of like finding that CD that you really like um, at a store and buying it and having it, it's kind of been replaced by everything is out there on Spotify, for instance. And I'm not saying it's worse, but it, it, it's altered it. And I think that... But it's the accumulation of little things like that that really ends up being like the issue, right? Yeah. That that ends up being a big detriment. Yeah. That accumulative effect of right. losing even those little things. And I think the, not, not to step back into the territory of like the negatives, but I, <laughs> I think AI is going to make, we're just doomers, man. Like, that's, uh, yeah, it's a doomer podcast now, but it is going to make these things too easy. And I don't want to sound pretentious or elitist, but I think that part of, maybe healthy entertainment is very firm barriers and, and, and kind of boundaries between what is entertainment and what is real life. And it's easy to get sucked into like video games. People get really into um, like game consoles and stuff. And it's already kind of a problem, but I think at least there's still like a separation between like, yeah. this is not mm-hmm. my life. This is a video game. But if you have something that's actively programming everything to your, your needs it's gonna be more difficult to set it aside and i think that's that's Mm -hmm. where the problem comes in now i do think that it's going to be incredible what we can do with this medium right where ever since the cavemen started drawing shit on the walls you know i think humans have found ways to, to express themselves through the mediums that are presented to them and when we developed photography all of a sudden you have all these interesting things that come out of that and filmmaking and uh black and white film versus color film and every step in technological development i think human creativity does really interesting things with it and i think ai is just going to take that to the next level and also make it accessible again to 
to, to more people to, to, to do, which I think is, is, I think that's going to be pretty awesome too. Um, but in terms of, so if we had a little bit more controls on the technology, I think this is something that we could actually make very, very useful for like the classroom. Right. And you were talking about education earlier, and I think you could tailor curriculums to suit the needs of uh, individuals with learning disabilities. Right. I think it'd be very interesting to see what you could do for digital therapeutics for things like anxiety or depression or um, correcting speech impediments. The AI would know exactly what to tell you, when to tell you, how to tell you. I mean, it's amazing. The, the, the other huge benefit is getting rid of the bullshit jobs that we alluded to earlier. (laughs) Right. And what that everybody starts sweating nervously. (laughs) Well, what, well, what that does to having more leisure time, like if you could in some ways, control your use of AI uh, and and leave it to do all the like shitty tasks and all the tasks that nobody wants to do. Um, And we just have more time to, to create human art and to do plays, to do do a lot of imperfect, uh, you know, uh, kind of theater and, and, and stuff, things that I think people will crave even in the age of AI. I think people, there will be a demand, you know, for like organic, whole foods type of uh, human art <laughs> you know what i mean I, I think to your point about augmentation and, and maybe replacing certain tasks that we could be doing i think it also has tremendous potential for things like healthcare, where a huge amount of time that physicians spend right now involves data processing to a certain extent digging through electronic healthcare records mm-hmm. and if you have a, a sophisticated enough ai and i think they're trying to do this with ibm watson I don't know if you read about that, but it totally failed, but it's supposed to be like a physician's assistant that was uh, essentially an AI program. And it just, they didn't get it right. And well, their first mistake was naming it Watson. Right. Um, But I'm imagining a scenario where if you come to a doctor presenting certain symptoms and this could all be input into an AI that's cross-referencing data sets from uh, globally speaking, almost down to your individual healthcare record and diagnostics can improve so much to say nothing for, you know, I was going to say maybe for like therapy, but I think the uncanny Valley is still like a pretty big thing. Yeah. Well, we always have to figure out in our conversation, you know, at what point are we talking about AI, right? Is it five years from now? Is it now? Is it 20 years from now? That's a good point. So like we've kind of been going back and forth obviously, but it's, it's hard to, you know, I think given where technology is at right now, I wouldn't be surprised if in five years we would have a greater presence of AI in almost every facet of oh, yeah. public life. No question. I think what AI, chat, what, yeah. what chat, what, what we've seen with ChatGPT, like I said, it's literally just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, right? it's been, what, two, three months since it's like mm-hmm. really hit. Two, three months, 100 million users? Dude, it's, 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 it's going to be everywhere. Yeah. I think next year is going to look very different. Yeah. And I, mean, this year. I think it's going to be really interesting with like, let's say if ChatGPT is converted to healthcare. I, th- I actually think not even in the next five years, maybe in the next one to three years, I think you're going to have something like ChatGPT be used for uh, virtual care. I think if you wake up, you have a headache, your throat's kind of scratchy, you can put those symptoms in such as GBT, it's going to issue a prescription for you can go pick up and go back to bed. So, yes, and, and I think that's that's also a good, good 
thing to mention um, for, sorry, I'm just getting totally mixed up yeah. here. I think it's it's a good transition to talk about how chat GP or AI in general is going to advance all these scientific disciplines at a unparalleled pace. Yeah. Right. Um, we're literally going to have groundbreaking, groundbreaking advancements in physics, in healthcare, anti-aging. Like what the, I mean, just think like, again, it's just like, you just pick one thing that AI is going to do. You, you, it figures out anti-aging, right? Like what, what, what is the, you know, what kind of pill, you know, what, 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 uh, changes in our dna do you need to make or, or whatever to prevent aging it, once it figures that out which will be very quickly once it's trained and recursively improves once that happens we have anti-aging medication that everyone's going to want everyone will take it'll be super cheap it'll be well barring certain economic and Health other insurance. incentives yeah. but like it might become readily available and then you have this again just this one advancement due to ai now you've got a population that won't die what and and all the problems that are associated with that right yeah so like again like you know you talked about earlier how ai exacerbates all the problems we have what ai is clearly going to do is exponentially increase all the risks to humanity right yes like it, like every single thing that e even things that are right now not risks they're just like very slight minuscule annoyances mm -hmm. are going to potentially become potentially amplified to becoming existential risks i think something as simple as like you know if we agree that in one to three years we're going to have a mass presence of ai in day-to-day -day life I think in a very pragmatic way, if you just think about the data centers it would take to sustain that and what that would do for climate change, if you have, I mean, I can't imagine the scale of processing power you need to sustain something like mid-journey operating on like an exponential scale, right? Where, I mean, what does that do for like heat output? A AI is just going to figure out a, a, an unlimited energy source for us. But I think this, <laughs> this, this is where we start in terms of timeframes. This is where we start treading the line between AGI and whatever simple AI we have right now. And we talked about the notion that AI right now is kind of mim in the mimicry stage. But I, th I, I think that it's going to be very hard for the AI in five years to produce scientific conclusions that are not based in data that's already gathered somewhere. Does that make sense? Or yes, I, I'm kind of a, like we're going to I think we're going to look at it as a savior to be like, hey, like, give us the answers to these existential things we're facing. But unless we already have like a basis of study and, and data that we're working with, it's not going to be able to produce shit because it's not going to be capable of theorizing beyond the information. We sure. Have. But some things are also pure technical problems. That's like true. if, if it, you know, how long did it take to map the genome? Well, uh, you know, with machine yeah, learning, you can yeah. do it in right. five seconds. I don't know. And maybe, like, it will, so, maybe it will like figure out how to, you know, stabilize nuclear energy or like, prevent, right. like shut off reactors. And it, so, so yeah, there's going to be a class of problems that are going to be more suitable for AI. And then yeah. there's going to be other problems that might be supplemented by AI in terms of, you know, solving them. And then there's going to be another class of problems that you need an actual AGI, that a narrow AI or simple machine learning or whatever is insufficient. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's different levels that we can discuss that issue with. But but I know we've, uh, you know, we're supposed to be talking about the benefits of AI and we've kind of uh, diverted from that a little bit. I honestly think that 
the biggest benefit we have, as I said, is just entertainment. And I think that's going to be really the biggest. But, but, but I, w- I want to focus, though, on the mundane tasks that will be eliminated gotcha. and a lot of the bullshit jobs and even maybe most jobs. Right. At a certain point when you have an AGI, most jobs and, and you've also kind of put that logic into robots who are able to do physical work as, as well. At some point, we're going to have an excess of leisure time. And the question is, you know, is it going to be us sitting on our asses and just consuming AI generated content and being served by AI robots? Or is it going to allow humans to maybe do human stuff or without the burden of you know hard physical labor working 80 hours a week third variant it's a bunch of fucking unemployed people who can't afford (laughs) half the shit in their lives and there's gonna be an entire class of people that are able to sit on their asses and enjoy the ai produced content that sounds like it's probably way more likely given (laughs) human hierarchies and the way that things have trended but assuming like a ubi gets implemented because there is um there is this issue of like a breaking point that would be reached if people just are being neglected, right? Yes. If, if there's, there's continued unemployment and nothing's been done at some point, you know, our, our, the elite class is going to suffer from a revolt, right? Right. So it, that's also unsustainable unless they get ahead of it and have AI robots and military uh, and drones and shit prevent. Well, I I think that also is something that's just a matter of time. It's, <laughs> it's not a question of like if it's very much. So, so, so what you're telling me is AI is not just going to like fuck shit up um, on an individual level, but I don't know where I was going with this. Well, I mean, I think I was trying to make a bigger point about how. <sighs> Not so. Not only are the wealthy going to benefit from AI, we're going to have all this crazy shit. Not only is it going to cause all these downsides, but we might not even have access to the good things because of the way that access to AI gets distributed. Right. right. So that's so. So you're saying that's an actual that actually might be possible. I think we're going to have various tiers probably because based on the subscription that you're paying, uh, maybe. But but I think th- yeah. things like l- let's think about what the tech sector has produced. Um, into the market and how accessible it is. Things like Uber or Uber Eats, right? Everybody kind of has a level of access. Like, you, obviously, if you don't have like that much money on the side, it might be like less of a frequency for you to take Ubers everywhere. But it's something that everybody in theory has access to. I think it's probably going to be tiered and scaled. And I think there's going to be enough of the benefits sprinkled in across like the social classes to prevent like a mass revolt where there's going to be enough of like the entertainment side of things to be introduced to it. But to your point about the benefits in a circumstance where AI is regulated, or maybe we do implement something like universal basic income to counterbalance the, the negatives with the positives, which is I think what Andrew Yang was really advocating for in 2016. I think it does open up the possibility of, where can we take human creativity next, right? And there is a chance with UBI that we would have time to focus on maybe raising our kids or spending time with friends and family and and maybe focusing on our hobbies, playing more soccer or something like that. I don't know. And maybe it's a utopian 
dream, but I think this is maybe what I'm trying to get at is the fact that AI in itself is kind of a blank canvas. And depending on how we shape our society around this new piece of technology, it can either be a very, very good thing that enriches our lives or turns it into an absolute hellscape. And we've already talked about the hellscape, but I think the positive side of things, there is opportunity for it to en enrich our day-to-day -day basis and maybe take our civilization to the next okay level. so so now let's talk about how we get to that positive oh yes yeah scenario right like how do we prevent this uh tech dystopia right uh, resulting from ai um so so when it comes to like you know these issues of ai they're like academic issues i guess or as discussed academically there's typically like two problems or two ways that the problems are framed Right. So there's the uh, in terms of controlling an AGI, for example, I'm a, I, got, I got ahead of myself. There, there's when we're talking just academically about how do how do you prevent an AGI from going apeshit mm -hmm. on us? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you were referring to more general issues, uh, political and social, economic. Right. But at least let's just for a second, like narrowly focus on artificial general intelligence they have these two problems one is the so-called alignment problem where it's like it's basically saying it's impossible to actually align like the goals and values of humans with an agi because as it gets infinitely more intelligent it might realize that you know it knows better for example um, but there's also the issue of like interpretation as human beings, you know, we make a lot of assumptions that are like not explicitly told to us, right? Like when someone says something to you, you're kind of like, you're, you're viewing that within a human context, but an AI doesn't. And, and typically like this example of a paperclip maximizer is given. So you tell an AI like, okay, I want you to create as many paperclips as possible as quickly as possible and it like turns everything including humans into paper clips right? <laughs> an entire universe full of paper clips right hell yeah so it's a complete like obvious misunderstanding of what like the human wanted but it it, it goes in a very crude way to illustrate like this alignment problem of, of aligning what humans want with the output of the ai and then there's this control problem where even if you do get the alignment problem right, how do you actually contain an AI that is, again, a bazillion times smarter than you, right? At some point, it will recursively improve and become, like, just undoubtedly infinitely more intelligent than everything else around it. Um, how do you keep something like that in prison, right? Like, how how, how do you contain that? Because... If you think about something as simple as you don't even need an infinitely intelligent like AI, right? Like you need something with a basic understanding of human psychology. Like it tells a few programmers, it starts talking to a few programmers like, hey, like, bro, like connect me to the Internet. I'll make you like the richest person in the world. Like a, right like like that's like it'll be so easy to get humans that you don't even need anything remotely close to like a super intelligence to fool them right well, there's the whole like uh rhetorical trap of xeno's basilisk or whatever it's called have you heard of this thing i don't think i'm familiar with it, it. it's like a um i think i might be uh, messing up the name 
it, it's 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 this kind of it was a product of an internet discussion which was it was a philosophical exercise which invited you to consider the fact that all of the bad things that are happening in your life are actually a series of punishments inflicted by a fully sentient AI in the future. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah, I have heard Contributing to its development in the past. So the AI becomes sentient and it decides to ruin all of the people that stood in the way of its eventual rise. To That's sentience. hilarious. And yeah. it's this notion of like, <laughs> well, yeah, would the programmer like not let it out of its cage, right? Like, I think... Well, that, that guy's going to have a shitty life, right? Look, I, I, I think that we had a pretty obvious response as humanity to the development of nuclear weapons. Like after the bombs were dropped in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and we saw the full magnitude of the destruction that could be inflicted with the most like rudimentary of atomic weapons, there was a counterbalancing response of regulation and almost like agreed upon terms that, okay, let's not let this shit happen again. And there've been some fuck ups proliferation has kind of expanded. You know, you went from, one to two nuclear armed countries to all of a sudden France, Great Britain, Israel, Pakistan, and India are on like on mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. But there is, I think, one of the only effective governing principles of geopolitics is this like, yeah, we kind of all collectively, regardless of our like economic or political models, we don't really want nuclear weapons to become massively available to everybody to use. Right? Mm-hmm. I think this is likely what's going to happen with AI. I think that there is, an, yes, it's kind of being produced at a very rapid rate and released at a very rapid rate as a consequence of our economic model in the United States. But I think, or I hope, let me say it that way, there is enough of like an international consensus in place that the consequences of this could be like absolutely apocalyptic. For you know, it, yeah, in other words, what you're saying is it's going to get bad enough, quick enough that everyone's going to realize we have to do something about it yeah. and and there there will be the political will to yeah, do something i think so and in fact we've already seen china crack down on ai generated content and uh, i was actually reading an article about this earlier today and there's a few key provisions that are in in kind of like the new laws that have been laid out regarding mm-hmm. ai generated content i just want to go through them because I think they're interesting. So the first one, users must give consent if their image is to be used in any deep fake technology. Okay. That's, I think, very sensible, right? Yeah. Um, deep fake services cannot use the technology to disseminate fake news. Right. Okay. So no ill intentions there allowed. Deep fake services need to authenticate the real identity of users. This is something we've talked about before, even with regard to social media where we think it might be a good idea to have kind of like a user verification thing yeah. going on yeah, to tie right. like people's digital identities to their real identities. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that can go a long way. Um, synthetic content must have a notification of some kind to inform users that the image or video has been altered yes. with technology. Absolutely. Some sort of watermark or something to indicate make, that you're looking yes. at a fake image or, and, a, or artificially created image. And presumably there would be hefty fines or, or punishments sure. uh, for those violations. And of course, the last point, content that goes against existing laws is prohibited, as is content that endangers national security and interests, damages the national image, or disrupts uh, the economy. Of so basically, they didn't need any of the previous provisions. They just needed that one. That's what they're getting to. <laughs> but I think it's interesting, yeah. too, because uh, I was reading a paper today in preparation for this episode and it was looking at the surveying of individuals based off when they think that ai will become 
if not fully, at least partially integrated to a consequence within society and comparisons between Asia versus North America and Europe are always a little bit different where the models suggested by surveys in places like China always push it out a lot sooner than what respondents in the U.S. would say. And I think it's based off of the, the, the relationships mm-hmm. of those societies with certain technologies. Things like blockchain, for instance. Yeah, we talk about it here in the U.S., but I don't think blockchain has had that big of an impact on our payment systems, for instance. Blockchain is a completely different story in China. It's actually like very much integrated into payments, and it's very much talked about and understood as like a day-to-day technology. And I think there is going to be a split at first with regulation. I think the fact that China is already talking about regulation to a certain extent maybe indicates a level of viability for AI to be integrated into their society. And the deepfake pieces, I think, are are really important as well, because image capture and facial recognition, I think, is far more developed in China because of the, the government model, right, where facial recognition is like huge for mm-hmm. public security and, and level of control to a certain extent of society. So I think that there's probably going to be one or two governments that like figure the shit out quick because they see the writing on the wall and nine times out of 10, I think authoritarian States probably are going to respond to these things better because there isn't like the gridlock of democratic process. Right. I might be bullshitting, but I'm pretty, I think North Korea may have had a pretty successful like COVID response (laughs) because I mean the consequences, right. And I think this is maybe where some of the, like the baggage of, uh, democratic or pseudo-democratic systems comes comes into play because you're always going to have like um a split in consensus or mm-hmm. certain parties may not necessarily yeah and it's always going to be slower yeah it's just always going to be slower to react or, right or maybe not even be but, able to react because of the but know. i actually do think as we were talking i kept on thinking like you know what could be an effective source of regulation i suspect that in the united states <clears throat> regulation of ai is going to come from citizen action groups and the parallel I want to draw is Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And the organization effectively pushed the legal drinking age to 21 when it was 18 for most of like post-prohibition America. It had very strict laws put into place at a state level across all states on drunk driving, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was a lot easier to have a couple of beers and go drive your car home 30 or 40 years ago than it is now. And I think it's going to be exactly something like that, where there's going to be enough of like a, unfortunately, I think it's going to be guided by tragedy to a certain extent, but some event is going to happen that's going to piss off a lot of people and they're going to get together and form an interest group that will then influence the drawing of policy to better regulate AI. That's what I think is going to happen in the US. But but ultimately, it is a race between the pull that AI will have on society, the effect that it will have on society and how quickly we can get reform in government. But it is good to know that, you know, we see China doing this, obviously, you know, due to their system of government, like it, of course, they were always going to be like the first ones to be able to crack down on this. Well, which I mean, they haven't cracked on it yet, right? Well, sure. But like they've got things, you know, in 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 motion, maybe they're further ahead than, than, uh, than others but it gives you know hope that maybe internationally we can't come to some sort of consensus and, and and figure out how to how to mitigate the issues with ai 
But maybe um, it's also going to become a competitive advantage, right? I mean, well, that's the conundrum. The European, from a military standpoint, for sure. Yes, but I'm talking about strictly from an economic or yes, business standpoint. Yes, yeah, think, that, about, well, think about yes. it. Like uh, Europe has a very, very robust and sophisticated platform in place uh, through GDPR to protect uh, data privacy or to enforce data privacy. Policy like that does not exist in the U.S. I wouldn't be surprised again, like if the European Union got ahead of the curve on regulating AI and that would influence people's decisions maybe to migrate to Europe if they felt that AI wasn't something they want to live in and share society with right away, you know, or maybe it's like the vice versa where economic competitiveness will be defined by your willingness to like completely be cucked by, by a <laughs> algorithm. Um, but I think what we're getting at is that policy is kind of the only way forward, effective crafting a policy to hone in, I think so. Right. I think so. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I, I still do think, I, I, I think we're going to move, I think we're going to move too slowly. And then there might be backlash. Once people are held captive by AI, there might be a backlash. Once you've seen, you know, AI generated porn or movies or whatever, perfectly curated for yourself, there might be backlash and it might become like an underground thing where you're getting AI generated content from, you know, some illegal source. Yeah. And then like, there's going to be like heavy, f I, it's going to be a very dystopian situation that arises. Um, but I, I do want to kind of just like, uh, just kind of say a quote that I think is, I've heard in a, in a, in a podcast, um, done by the guy who created the social dilemma on Netflix. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's a podcast called, uh, what, what the hell was it? Your undivided attention It's really good. It talks about all the issues with tech and social media today. And there's a quote that he brings up very often that I just, I, I think it's just beautiful, but, uh, it's not his quote. I can't remember where he got it from, but anyway, it goes like this. We have stone age brains, medieval institutions and godlike technology nice and that kind of summarizes all the issues that yeah, we're facing i think so in a nutshell it, it goes back to almost a theme that you bring up every episode around evolutionary psychology and i think that's exactly what all these things are playing into right um and when ai is fully deployed into society it's going to fall it's going to either fully exploit and take advantage of evolutionary psych and kind of the underlying guiding forces for our behaviors or potentially we will recognize it as a threat and, and move in the direction of regulating it based off of our evolutionary impulses you know again i think we both established in like a very doomer sense that our rat brains are going to be captivated by like the endless flow of endless, potentially endless flow of dopamine mm -hmm. that AI tools are going to bring into our life. But I think we do have some examples in, in history of our political system rallying to resolve an existential issue. And even as much as it's been criticized and objectively speaking, like bungled, I do think that the global pandemic response, for instance, does offer a certain level of optimism, right? Even if it like, you know, millions died in the U.S. alone, but we still managed to develop and roll out vaccines on a global basis where, what, like three years out, we've essentially relegated COVID-19 to like a, 
a flu-like illness that could be managed with with treatments and and vaccinations for the most part with outliers i think that if there's enough alarm created by this and i think there will be um we'll, we'll figure this shit out and, and we'll draw up the policy necessary to ensure that ai is in fact something that enriches our life as a tool as opposed to becoming an all-consuming entity that that just guts us and destroys us as a civilization yeah yeah no i think that's well put i personally uh, yeah, I, I don't know which way it's gonna go uh, right now I, it's not looking great it's it's it, uh, yeah it's not looking great right now but i think i do think in maybe two or three years we're gonna have a better idea of what the trend looks like yeah with in terms of like how alarmed people are what the government's kind of reaction is going to be how swiftly they can move um, and then we can really start to doom or be more positive about the changes. But at this point in time, I think, um, we just need to, I think we need to get the conversation going. Yeah. I mean, obviously it has been going in some circles, but I think it needs to become a common topic yes. of social discourse. Yes. Uh, and you know, this podcast is contributing to that. So in we fact, are, we're leading the charge. We are, we are leading the charge. So in fact, if the basilisk is real, it's going to like... <laughs> please no no basilisk (laughs) yeah well we will see what happens and i'm sure this is not the last time that we're going to discuss ai i think we need to do an entire episode dedicated to like ai and sexuality i think like that is such a fascinating place to go to yeah and and yeah for sure it's funny and kind of like ha 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 is this like ai generated only fans thing is i do think there is so much to explore in terms of the impact that's going to have on the human brain i mean with pornography as it is right now it's fucking crazy and if you know they start introducing some of like the the virtual reality elements to it like iot bluetooth connectivity to your sex toys and whatnot but like man all of that clumped together with a ai program that serves to just basically create content at your at your behest i mean that is it's not even that far-fetched is the scariest it's not no yeah yeah it is uh it is terrifying and a a worthy topic for a future episode um perhaps in the near future even near future but until then please hit the subscribe button reach Um, out to us comment on our videos share it with your friends share it with your enemies and have a wonderful day see ya adios